This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island. Hey, welcome on to this edition of uh, the Kona Edge. It's awesome to have you with us. I don't know about you, but uh, things have sort of returned back to normal this week. Uh, as uh, I'm recording this today, uh, our schools go back to start a, a new school year here uh, in South Africa. So as far as uh, traffic goes, everything back to normal. Uh, yeah, rush hour traffic in the mornings, not fun, but uh, I guess it is what it is. And uh, it comes with uh, with the territory, I suppose. But I hope uh, your 2017's got off to a, a pretty good start. Uh, our vacation was fantastic, but uh, everything rocking and rolling once again i almost get the feeling that uh, i never took a break but <laughs> life goes on i guess it's uh, awesome to have you with us today and i'm super excited to share another amazing iron man kona story with you on the podcast it's a brand new year and uh, yeah things are going really nicely if you haven't uh, left us a review or rating on itunes yet please do towards the end of last year we gave away an entry into an iron man race we're doing it again for 2017 so if you haven't left us a review uh, on itunes all you have to do is just search for the kona edge in itunes click on it click on the subscribe button and then leave a review and you can leave us a five star one star doesn't really matter we love the feedback and i appreciate the feedback we've got some amazing uh, feedback over the last few months so if you wouldn't mind doing that what it does is it just really helps us uh get in front of more people because the the more reviews we get and the more better reviews we get so to speak uh the more itunes rates us and uh, puts us higher up in the search ranking so when someone's searching for a triathlon podcast or for iron man uh, we show up well in those search rankings. So uh, if you wouldn't mind helping us out, uh, it definitely does. Uh, we've seen a huge spike in our downloads uh, since we've been pushing it. So yeah, please keep on. It's uh, hugely appreciated. But enough about me waffling. Uh, today's story is pretty cool because uh, I love talking about ultra running and uh, the role that that plays in, in triathlon, particularly Ironman triathlon. And uh, yeah, super, super stoked to welcome our next guest onto the podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll chat uh, for the next half hour or so with Barry Lewis. Well, we head to Philadelphia uh, now on the Kona Edge, and it's an absolute pleasure to welcome our next guest uh, onto the show, Barry Lewis. Barry, welcome. Thanks for, for joining us today. Thank you so much for the honor of being with you. Barry, it's uh, great to have you on. We were chatting before we started recording. It's uh, an absolutely gorgeous, as we record this, a gorgeous summer's day in, in Cape Town on the southern tip of Africa. And you're sitting in the big freeze in Philly. It's uh, two two total opposite extremes, isn't it? I think we're expected to get to about 10 degrees with the windshield, <laughs> 10 degrees Fahrenheit today, and, and probably lower tonight. Although I have to say that's pretty warm compared to the center of the country right now. So we've been really lucky here and dodging some major bullets from the Arctic blast so far. But uh, it's it's coming. It's that time of year. We expect it. Thank goodness for central heating is, is all you can say, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but talking of the cold, Barry, you, you come from a, a pretty interesting background. You, you're not originally from the States. You're originally from Canada. And you were, you were telling me that uh, you ended up in Philly by running an ultramarathon in, in, in Russia, I believe. Yes, kind of a convoluted pathway, certainly. I grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia, beautiful part of the country, um, you know, fairly mild West Coast weather, love trail running and whatnot. And I heard about this crazy race across Siberia that was to take place in the summer of 89. And North Korea was the destination from Lake Baikal. 
Um, it turned out that it didn't quite work out that way. But at any rate, along the way, I met some fellows from Philadelphia that were involved in the video production business. I was a freelance writer, photographer at the time. I delved a little bit into video with some community cable stations at home. And, and we had mutual interest. And I came here to explore some opportunities and somehow managed to never leave. <laughs> I love so that. Got married and that's that's home now. But obviously, like you say, you come from a from a, an ultra running background. As a as a child growing up, were you were you fairly active? Were you sporty? I'm guessing coming from Canada, you must have played a bit of hockey. I did play some hockey. You know, mostly soccer, footy. I guess as as a lot of folks would know it, but uh, mostly soccer. But uh, yeah, I played lacrosse and and ice hockey, and I played rugby and all those sorts of sorts of things that we did and um just you know as i got older sort of through through into college years i found that just the practices for rugby or lacrosse or whatever weren't enough i did a lot more running in between to stay fit i was always in a running position being a smaller guy i was weighing or or outside center or something along those lines and so i just ran a lot and and just found i loved it i loved running in the woods and playing in the woods and and running to me was just kind of play there's so, one thing about running and there's another thing about running long when did you do realize you loved running long gosh you know one of my rugby teammates actually in about 1981 convinced me to do a marathon with them we said we'll train through the fall and winter and do a marathon in the spring and after about Two months of training, um, we found a marathon in November instead of May, which was our target. And I said, you know, I don't know if I can do all this hammering on the road for so long. Let's just go run the race in November instead. So we did this race in Seattle, and it actually went quite well. And it was sort of one of those, gee, you know, this, this actually isn't so bad. The race part of it was more fun than the training at that point. Um, but then I started really getting into trail running that winter and, and it just, after doing a few marathons, I found, you know, I like being in the woods rather than pounding the roads and I, ultra marathons were not a lot going on, pretty few and far between at the time, but I kind of stumbled upon a few here and there and, and learned about your famous one comrades way back then and thought, boy, that's something to to think about that would be pretty exciting but um i just found that that you know the idea of being out in the woods all day was pretty compelling and and it really was fun for me and i really enjoyed it and was able to kind of keep going i found so were you pretty good from the start is it have you gotten better with time or, or did you have some sort of ability to to start with um you know i it's interesting. I, you know, I kind of go back to, to the, the, the days around then. I, I was doing a lot of winter hiking with my brother and stuff. And he was, he was, you know, he actually did Ironman Canada way back in the early few years of Ironman Canada when that came along. And, and I would go hiking with him in the winter for training. He would train with a backpack on all this sort of stuff, but he would just go and go and go and go. And his destination was always somewhere, a summit or something like that. And I became more about the process of sort of stopping to see the view or or just, you know, thinking about, you know, what what was around the next corner or whatever. And I found that I enjoyed the the time spent rather than the destination so much. And so that just became something that interested me. And I think it started me on this journey to sort of think about what what was around the next corner and what 
you could do mentally if you you just sort of didn't have that end destination in mind, but sort of said, you know what, I'll go over the top and around the corner and around the other side and see what might be there. So um, I wouldn't say it was necessarily um, something that came easily, uh, but but that I was always interested and open to the experience and exploring. And, and I learned pretty quickly, I guess, after doing the marathon and feeling like, okay, you know, you know, the first marathon you do, you think I couldn't run another step of my life depended on it. But then suddenly you hear about a 50K and you say, gosh, it's another five miles. No way. No possible way. But then you just extend that barrier out a little bit and that becomes your destination. You realize you can do it. And then it's 50 miles and then it's 100K and then it's 100 miles. And a course along the way, you have to learn about what works for you training wise, how how injury prone you may or may not be nutritionally and hydrationally, what's going to work for you. And you go through all of those those learning pains. And, and back in in the early 90s, I guess, early 80s, when I was doing that, there wasn't nearly the sophistication or knowledge about all the stuff that there is today. So, so it was kind of, you know, there was a lot of trial and error for a lot of us that were doing, doing those things back then. And, and, um, you know, just came along, but I, I liked the being out there, but I also found that I liked competing. I liked the competition. It wasn't necessarily about the result, but it was about being in a venue that allowed you to compete always <laughs> brought your bar up a little higher and and sort of forced you to explore a little more deeply what you were capable of. And as you know, as you hear people in, in competition talk about, you know, it's a, it, when you're in a great deep field, um, you're you're always having to bring your best and, and you'll always do your best. Mm. I feel. And, and so it's fun exploring that. And that that became really, really neat to me was just being able to to both be out there and do do the experience part of it, but also sort of dig deep and see what you're capable of. Yeah, Barry, and I think, I'm not sure if it's the same in the States, but it's definitely not that way here when it comes to, to ultramarathon running. There's no major competition within the age groups in ultramarathoning here. But in triathlon, and it's like this wherever you go, there's massive competition within the age groups. And was that the attraction that, that one of the things that got you into triathlon was the being able to compete with guys on, on the same level as you from an age perspective to see how good you were compared to them? You know, actually, no, it wasn't wasn't quite, um, you know, so defined as that. Uh, you know, I so my brother, as I mentioned, did early Ironman Canada and whatnot. And that's the, to me that, you know, in the early days, that was just beyond comprehension. Yeah, My head would explode if I tried to wrap it around actually doing an Ironman. There was just no possible way. But then as I got into sort of I did a couple of early short odd distance triathlons in those days and it was fun, but it was um, something that was hard to do. I was traveling a lot and, and different jobs and I just found I always came back to running. It was just always something that I could do very simply wherever I was. Um, you know, and I came back to it. I really enjoyed it. It was a great way to explore if I was traveling. So, so as I, as I got into ultras, then I kind of found this notion of, you know what, you can go beyond what you might've thought possible. So, Fast forward 20 years of running ultras, I'd done a lot of races all over and uh, probably how I got into 
tries as a mature athlete was the result of having a bit of a knee injury. I did this multi-day stage race in the Himalayas and twisted my knee actually, you know, the second to last day. And I got through the race and finished fine. But then, you know, after traveling for a, a week or so afterwards, I found that my knee just locked up. I had a real IT band issue and just needed some time off running. And so jumped in the pool. And I heard then by that time, Xterra off-road triathlons were coming along, and of course, you're you're a pioneer in the sport over there. Um, um, oh gosh, Conrad Stoltz. Yep. Uh, you know, was 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 um, you know the 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 pinnacle of the sport, and and that really interested me in thinking about you know, geez, I'm getting back into swimming, huh? Triathlon, that'd be fun. But I'm so in love with the trails. Gee, maybe these off-road tries would be a fun thing to do. So I just decided, you know what, let me just set a goal of doing some off-road tries. And, and so it was really nothing, nothing so concrete as to I, I need to compete, I need to feel that. That again, it was just I'd done ultras for 20 years, and look, I was getting older and thought, you know, gosh, it's kind of fun. Then it, this, this thing got into my head that, you know, after doing tries for a couple of years, I was fortunate enough to go to Maui for the Xterra Worlds. I was about to turn 50 and thought, you know, geez, that Ironman Kona would be a pretty amazing thing to do. And by then I'd done road tries and was doing relatively well. And, um, knew, you know, new guys who were kind of Kona folks and and um, just kind of appealed to me. So I said, you know, that, I'm going to set that as a goal. I, I, I want to get to Kona. And why not do it when I turn 50? And, and amazingly, I managed to meet that goal on you know my first attempt i actually qualified at a 70.3 which you know a few years ago there were a handful of 70.3s that were kona qualifiers and uh, my first iron man actually was in kona wow that's that's phenomenal barry but but i find it interesting and i know this is something you're you're fascinated with is is the mental side of things and and just from a from a triathlon perspective uh, you you said that you thought about ironman especially in the early days and thought gee that's crazy yeah that's just way further than i ever want to go and it's the same thing like you say with ultra marathons and and you mentioned comrades and the same thing happens yeah people people run a 5k and they think oh i could never run 10ks they then run a 10 and they go oh i could never run a half marathon but they can do a half marathon and and it's the same thing with triathlon where you your first sprint you absolutely broken and you think oh there's no ways i could do a standard or an olympic distance but you get there and then you you, you keep pushing beyond and then you do a, a half iron man and then you go the the full iron man and and then you you can be totally crazy and go even beyond that but it is uh it's i don't want to say it's a decision but y your mind has to go there before your body can T tell me a little bit about your your thinking and 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 the strength that you've gained from ultramarathon running and how that's helped your your triathlon career well, you know, that's always, you're right, it's always been fascinating to me. And I've, you know, again, I've had really good fortune to have raced for a lot of years, um, stayed relatively healthy in the process, and and met a lot of incredible people that have really, you know, been able to, to do that and sustain these these efforts for for these long distances. You know, quite some time ago, I was, before I got into tries, actually, when I was doing doing ultras and and I was doing some freelance writing for some magazines around and had the opportunity to to do a few articles to, with triathletes. So I interviewed the likes of Paula Newby Fraser and Aaron Baker and Dave Scott. 
And and I'll never forget this. Gosh, I can't even remember how long ago this was now. But interviewing Dave Scott after he, you know, he was right still in in the in the pinnacle there. And and we just started talking before we were doing the formal interview, as you and I were, and and we comparing backgrounds. And I said, oh gosh, you know, I triathlon. It just blows my mind. My brother did Ironman Canada a couple times in the early days, and. You know, then he moved on to other things. And, and I just I, I just can't wrap my head around it. And at any rate, he somehow asked about what I was up to. And I said, well, you know, I've done a few marathons and, and a couple couple ultras and I said, well, what sort of ultras? And I said, well, a couple hundred milers. And he he was the other way. He said, I can't even conceive of doing a hundred miler. That just to me is is mind blowing. So, you know, it kind of becomes about where you are and that that individual experience and and realizing from other people that everybody's at a bit of a different place but you can see what other people are able to do and you kind of learn to manage the things um you know as as we always say in the ultra world you know it's never always going to keep getting worse so you 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 find if you allow yourself to conceive of going past that boundary the marathon distance which is kind of that place that everybody says I couldn't imagine going one more step but you say well 50k isn't that much farther let's just try and get there and then you experience that one day then you say well why does that have to be the limit why can't I go beyond and even on the way to that 50k point you'll probably be in a hole at some stage where you're hurting and thinking that exact thought that, you know, I can't go another step. But then you remember when you hit the wall in your first marathon at 20 miles or in your first long training run that might have been at 13 miles and you got through it. You pushed a little farther than the next time and you gradually progressed. So it becomes these experiences that kind of pile upon each other that you can always go back to and remember when. The first time you ran that you thought, gosh, getting around the block was a big accomplishment. And then, as you say, it's a mile and then it's a 5K. And so, you know, the the limitations really, truly are perception in so many ways. And, you you know, you, you know, in the life, the, the endurance sports world, you see them all the time. And we're we're seeing these barriers broken down every year in in many many ways whether it's people of a certain age doing incredible things uh, time times and marathons um completing iron man completing western states or comrades um you know running the appalachian trail or across america in these unbelievable times through conditions that you can't even conceive of being out for a few hours let alone for 42 46 48 days nonstop. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's unbelievable. And it's it's all of those are examples of what what the mind's able to overcome. Yeah, I think the body gives up way before the mind does. And it's it's one of those things that, that I've learned. And, and I'm sure you can attest to this, Barry, like if you run a marathon or if you run a 50K or, or further, you're going to hurt. There's no two ways about it. Your body takes a pounding and it hurts. It, it doesn't hurt more the longer you go. You just hurt for longer. And and I think that is one of the biggest mindset shifts that I've had to make that, yes, at mile 10 in, in an Ironman, you tired and you sore. It's not going to get better, but it's not going to get much worse. You've just got to keep going and you just got to keep pushing. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, I, you know, in the, the ultra world of racing, I, you know, I, I would think I would finish a 50K or a 50 miler. And, you know, you're always you're always hurting at the end. And I would think, gosh, I'm glad to be done. You know, I only hurt for six hours. For those people that are out there, they're suffering for nine hours or 10 hours or 12 hours. And this and the person that finished it, you know, an hour before me is saying the same thing that. So, you know, it's all it's all a relative relative condition but yeah you you can you can really decide how you're going to view it it's all about perception and and attitude how how are you going to you're going to say geez you know this hurts i can't do it are you going to say you know yeah it hurts as as um you know one of the famous quotes of of our friend chris mccormack and you know embrace the sock and numerous versions of that kind of thinking are are part of the game you've got got to get comfortable being uncomfortable you know it is it is part of this stuff and and that's something that that i just think it's fascinating to explore you know what of that we can handle Let's, you know and where our where our benchmark is where our level of of ability is and that's that's something again that that i think you know we we just we don't know we don't know people are showing us new new boundaries all the time absolutely and 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 you talk about embracing the suck and 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 being in those dark places and and knowing and and again i think it's something that ultras have have taught me and and it's definitely helped in my in my ironman career and i'm not saying that everyone who who wants to do wild and ironman should go and run an ultra but it's definitely going to teach you some lessons about digging deep and and really hanging tough when you don't want to be out there and you want to give up what what are some of the things that that or some of the strategies and tactics that you've taken out of things you've learned out of ultra running that you can have employed in your in your triathlon career you know i think it's about you know at different points there are different things that you can come back to as your touchstone whether whether you like to disassociate at different periods of time where you just let your mind sort of drift or whether there are times when you it's so that that discomfort is so intense and so severe that you can't get away from it you've got to sort of look at it and say okay what is it about this situation that i can control what can i do to divert my mind a little bit let me think about you know am i am i hydrated what do i want at that next aid station how's my pedal stroke is my running form good am i too tight in my shoulders or my arms am i clenching my fists or my teeth am i relaxed and fluid you know you can bring all of these kinds of thoughts to the forefront and and just push the discomfort to the background for a little while and you know you you think about running to the next aid station we in ultras sometimes you're you're out there and you think about running to the next totem pole or over to the next uh, telephone pole or over the next rise or just get around the corner or get so so it's kind of that idea of how do you eat, eat an elephant right one bite at a time you can't conceive of the whole thing i'm not advocating eating elements i'm a vegetarian but (laughs) idea being that you know don't 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 take in this whole overwhelming picture at once just try and get through the next step or the next moment the next few few little bits and as you say it's not it's not always going to keep getting worse amazingly you know these deep holes you can come out of them and you can you can be floating on clouds 
Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> I learned early on, it was my dad who, who said it to me. He, he said, when you're running an ultra, or if you, you're really in the hurt box in an Ironman, just the, the good news is that patch is not going to, if you're feeling bad, it's not going to last forever. When you're feeling good, the bad news is that's not going to last forever either. So you, you've you really just got to, you've got to embrace the moment, live in the now and, and, and really just suck it up and, and just keep on going. Barry, what's, what, what are you most proud of? If you look at your sort of athletic career up to date, what, what have you done that you're most proud of? You know, I, I would have to say I'm I'm just most proud of being in the game still and enjoying it and and having longevity in in the sport. So both in ultras and in in triathlon, um, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've done relatively well, sure, but. But, you know, I just love the the process and I love the experience. I love the communities. Um, and probably I'm most proud of because of that and because of being able to perform that I've inspired other folks. So, you know, I like just I get a real charge out of somebody saying, you know, geez, you know, you're you're 57 and still out there doing it and doing it at, at a level that that I can't even conceive of at half your age. And but I'm going to keep working and then you'll keep me in the game because I know that I can still do it when I'm your age and those sorts of things really uh, I think I'm most proud of there you know the the rest of it frankly you know look I'm honored and it's a privilege to get to Kona no no question about it um but that's the gravy you know what I mean that experience there's nothing like it and I wish everybody could experience it. Um, but it's something that, you know, you, you have to work for. And I'm very fortunate enough to to have, have um, you know, been able to get there. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's just about being being true to to the to the sport and being being clean, being honest, being open, being, um yeah, just a part of the community. It's it's really a it's really a thrill and a privilege. You talk about being fifty seven and 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 racing the times that you are. I mean, Kona twenty sixteen at fifty seven, you you finished third in your age group, uh, ten seventeen forty seven, I think overall time with a a one oh seven swim, five twenty six bike, and a three thirty five run. Uh, like you say, I mean, at fifty seven, that's there's that's nothing to scoff at. That's that's very very decent. Well, thanks. You know, I, I, there's always room for improvement (laughs) and that's, what's fun too. You know, I, I, it's, it's awesomely fun, frankly, to, to, to have, you know, younger guys that, you know, on local races or whatever races that, that you can be, be competing against and just, um, you know, they're comparing themselves to you and they're, they might be blown away, but I always feel like, you know, you want to do what you can do. And what, what I think is so fun about triathlon is because of the three disciplines and because of all the variables, you know, people used to talk about a marathon, you know, the, it's never, there's never a certain outcome in a marathon because there's so many variables. Well, that's the, the one last part of an Ironman. If you think about it, how many variables do you face during, during a total race and how many little management decisions you have to make and and that process you know you you, I I don't know I don't know if there's really ever a perfect race where everything could is just seamless and and you could say you know what I could never have improved upon that because my swim was perfect I didn't get whacked in the face I didn't go off course I swam so straight I came out of transition like I was flying I you know you know all of the little things that happen throughout the race so you so you kind of 
look back and say, geez, you know, that's, yeah, I could have could have got some time there. And if this hadn't happened or if I hadn't been this stupid and done that, you know, and that's that's fun. I mean, that's really it's fun. It's, it's, it's exciting and it makes you want to get out there again. I was going to say, is that is that the reason you keep going back is because there's always unfinished business? It doesn't matter how fast you go or, or how, how good it's been. There's always that one thing that you could have done better. I certainly, yeah, sure. That's certainly part of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's always, always tweaking. We always want to, want to be the best we can be. And, and, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'll go back to ultra marathon and, you know, in, in my early days, I was, you know, I kind of, you know, you, know, you cut your teeth for a couple of days and then you feel like you're competitive and you win a couple of races and you're, you're racing and you're racing and you're digging deep and you're never not hurting at the end of a race. And, I remember a couple of years of that and then thinking, geez, you know, there are these people out there, they're they're older and they're just kind of cruising and having a good old time. And, you know, the aid stations of traveling buffet. And I, I can't wait until I get to that point where I don't feel like I have to be competitive and I can just go and, and just be there. But you know what, Brad, for me, that point's never going to come. I always <laughs> want to be there and whatever, whatever level, you know, I, I can be at, I want to. I, 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 and, and obviously, I've learned that that's something that fuels me and fires me up and that I really, I, I, you know, I always want to just just see what I can get out of myself. And, and so that to me is, yeah, it's, it's really a thrill. Competing is fun. Mm. You, you, you mentioned you've been lucky enough to go to Kona a few times. You've experienced it. There's, I mean, you mentioned some of the incredible ultra marathons that you've been privileged to run and, and some that are still on your, your list, like Comrades as an example. What do you still want to achieve on the Big Island? What, what uh, I mean, are you going to keep going back as long as you can, or is it a case of you chasing something and then and then you look for the next challenge? Um, gosh. Well, you know, look, I I'd be disingenuous if I say I wouldn't love to, to stand on the top rung of that podium at Kona. You know, absolutely, that would be the thrill of a lifetime. But frankly, being at the starting line. Um, every year that I've been there has been more exciting than the last. And so, you know, things a little more, you're, you, you're involved in the scene, just, the the energy and the pros and the people you get to know and the experience is just, as I say, it's really, really something special. I, it just doesn't exist anywhere else. And, and so being, just being a part of that is, is incredible. Um, I, I when I started, you know, I had that one time goal of I'd love to go to go to Hawaii and race Kona it would be an unbelievable experience. And then, you know, you kind of get the bug and you think, oh, geez, you know, I learned something here. And this Ironman thing is pretty fun and pretty cool and it's a pretty amazing community. And uh, I'd never intended to go back and back and back. But it's just sort of happened um, this time around in preparation. I said, you know, this might be my last time for a while. It's it's getting more expensive there are you know there there are issues coming along with numbers of people and and you know you probably heard some of the controversy around drafting and whatnot that that really kind of was was um you know really apparent this year more than more than in the past i think in a lot of ways and and so you know it, it's not that it's lost its luster or appeal for me but certainly i have other things that i like to do i'm feeling the the pull of the trails more and more there are more amazing ultra marathon experiences out there than there ever were when I was really in the thick of it. 
back in the day. And so there's some pretty compelling um, races that I'd love to do out there. I'd love to get back to Kona, certainly, Um, you know, maybe when I age up next or the time after that, (laughs) I'll, I'll give it a shot and see what I can do, you know. Um, I'm not saying there's, there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I'd like to like to be back there, and I'd like to be on the top step of that podium in my age group. That'd be pretty, pretty fun. I mean, I'm pretty proud of what I've been able to do there. But, uh, you know, I always felt like I haven't quite had that perfect race there. Look, let's be honest. It, it's, it's a, it's an incredibly challenging place to be. Those conditions are unlike anything, and and um, you know, everything just has to be be perfect for you to to be that top guy on the day and and uh it'll be pretty pretty neat to be there you you mentioned the 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 drafting issue at kona 2016 you you also mentioned you're pretty proud of of racing clean and 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 sort of being honest those are two sort of big issues that are are facing the sports at the moment and and i say two issues i mean they essentially go into one it's cheating and and that is something we're all battling with what's your your take on on the dopers and the drafters you know, uh, I mean, dopers, I, th- I, th- I just think, you know, seriously, I mean, is it that important that you have to cheat um, in and in that way? I mean, look, drafting sometimes, you know, you're, you know, you're in a big line and you do your darndest to get away from it and whatnot. And you kind of almost have to treat Kona sometimes out on the Queen K as a series of intervals because you've got to, you know, you got to get around people and, and then you got to back off when you're running out of juice. It's really, it's a very different race, um, you know, than it might be if it was, if it was, um, you know, not so congested at times, um, you know, but, and, 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 and so I really try to be cognizant of that. Sometimes you get stuck and, and, you know, you can't avoid, but be in a line. Otherwise you're doing nothing but going backwards. Um, but, but I, you know, I, I think it's important that you, you attempt to, and, and you see, you know, a lot of obvious stuff. I, I remember a couple times in, in races where, you know, big groups have gone by and, and, you know, or someone just ahead of you, even not that many people, a couple or three, and they're obviously just doing a pace line kind of thing. And, you know, you might go by them and say something and they'll curse you out and say, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I I just I think that's uh, it's not right, but that's you know the way some people are in life. Um, but doping, there's there's no no room and no no. I think it's an absolute travesty that people are people are doping and and you know you hear you do hear about it more and more in the amateur ranks and as you move up in age, you know people you know there's all this low T stuff going around that oh you know my doctor because of you know all the other implications of testosterone <laughs> levels. And, and um, you know, again, I, I just think it's it's sad that, that people want it that badly and are willing to willing to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Barry, the, the physical toll of, of doing an Ironman on your body, particularly as you get older, is, is pretty big. How many of these things do you think you've still got in you physically? Oh, gosh. Um you know, I I think just in tr- in, tra- in terms of training and training volume and listening to your body, um, you know, I think that's something that I'm fortunate in that through through my ultra experiences and into my triathlon career, I've been 
pretty good at being in tune and when something's going a little awry I'll deal with it pretty quickly and so I haven't been sidelined for any length of time I've had a couple bone breaks from a, a crash or, or something like that but um, you know other than that I've been pretty fortunate touch wood um, but I but I think increasingly the the that being in tune with yourself and what's feasible and recovery process and and good nutrition enough sleep not overtraining um, doing the the right kind of work at the right time all those things are incredibly important um, and, and but but I've never thought about having like a limited career because of because of any reason other than maybe someday I wouldn't want to do it. I've never felt like, oh, I'm going to be physically incapable. Um, I've just, I, I, I just don't. I think I'm, you know, uh, as long as I want to do it, I'll be doing it and I'll be able to. What, what are you struggling with right now? What, what is it that you're working on? What are you grappling with? Um, nothing, nothing right now. I'm just, you know, kind of enjoying an off season. I love trail running here in the winter, but I, I'm, I'm just saying that, that I think um, f- for, for people to feel like, oh, I've, you know, I can only do this for X number of years or, or whatnot. I, I mean, fortunately, again, oh, look, knees go or hips go or you're, you're bone on bone. There's, there's only so much you can do about things like that. But, um, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the nature of physical deterioration. But, but, you know, in absence of those kind of issues, I think you can, you can train smart and recover right and, and have a long, a long career. Yeah, absolutely. Could not agree more. Well, Barry, it's been great catching up. I look forward to, to chatting to you about the individual disciplines uh, next time out, but we'll save that uh, for next time. Thanks for your time today on The Cone Edge. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Cone Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for The Cone Edge.